oh, if you keep specializing and if you just get better at a certain thing in a certain niche, you'll make more money, you'll be more successful, etc. But the thing they overlook is that, yes, that might be true, but there are a thousand people that can be way better than you are and you have to try so hard. You have to be the 0.00001% in that certain subject to actually excel. And if you don't, so there's only first place and after that there's losers. It's way better have a unique position and that there's no comparable price. If you become a commodity, if you can be replaced like it's nothing, then you're not valuable. If you are a unique person, that you're the only person in the whole world that can solve this problem, you're become very valuable, right? Bonjour bitches, welcome to a new episode of Croissant Hours. I'm your host, Je suis Croissant, and today I'm in a very good mood. And not only that, I'm also in a very curious mood. The first part is because certain achievements I have had in real life, my personal life. But on the other hand, I also am happy because my newsletter that I started, what is it, two weeks ago now? It got 200 people. And well, that was sort of my goal starting out, just getting it to 100 people, and it did. So I'm very happy about that, and I want to thank everybody that signed up for it, and I uh, hope you're enjoying it so far and yeah i'll, I'll continue to try and uh, make the best possible content for y'all anyway the curious part it's the other part right requires a little bit of context so i'm gonna put it in a bit of a narrative style and it's kind of going to be the main theme of the episode so i was talking to a friend of mine in a, in a call or whatever and i get to my usual monologue you know where i basically take over the conversation and i did my usual entp rant on why the education system is just a bunch of shit it's just a sham and how we should replace it with personal teaching right and the person i was talking to kind of asked well croissant how would you do that then like if you how, how do you go about that how do you learn your own things how do you like you didn't go to college or anything so how are you learning things how are you becoming more valuable i was like huh that's a very good question <laughs> and i want to elaborate that uh, on that question in this episode so hopefully that you can also what is it become an autodidact and don't that you don't have to waste you know two hundred thousand dollars or five years of your life six years of your life depends what you do right on some scammy education because that's really what it is you know university is a scam let's let's face it. you can learn the same things online through courses through mentorships you name it by just you know, just looking it up you get or you don't have to even have to pay for it we'll get that into a minute but you don't even have to necessarily pay for it if you just know where to look so while we were talking about this very coincidentally i i opened or started listening to an audiobook called how to how to be better at almost anything which is the title of the episode and i want to talk about that book because very coincidentally it's it almost summarized my philosophy on you know self-education and the current how the current, what is it, information flow is set up in the world. Basically the internet, that's, that's kind of making it more complicated than it should be. But the internet, right, that's the, the best way you can educate yourself. So that's so anyway, that's, that's going to be the main subject for this episode, education, right? Like this wasn't an educational podcast already. But to be more specific, the education of yourself and also another dimension, because it's very important to me, the education of your children or my potential children, right? And how they can, how you and they can become better at almost anything. So first, we got to get into principles, kind of, because first we have to talk about the problem. And that problem is how most education is set up, right? Because school is set up to basically teach you things you don't care about. It, it teaches you very specific trivial information that you will not apply and it doesn't grow you and they were they're trying to stretch you in 
10 different directions, but it doesn't actually make you better or more valuable. And most of it you can forget, you know, the next day. It's a bunch of, it's mostly memorization. That's how education is set up right now. And if you think about it, that's actually a very inefficient system. Well, it's efficient for in a particular way, because they are banking on what the majority of people are. And the majority of people are, you know, for example, SJs that are more oriented on memory. They're more oriented on it's, it's kind of an SCJ system, right? Philosopher system. Academics is a system that's catered towards INFPs, ENFPs, ICJs, ECJs, sort of sort of NTPs and SFJs, but less so. But it, it's not at all favorable towards people, well, especially SPs. That's why SPs probably, this is just a random estimate, but probably drop out the most because they don't really see the purpose of, of school and are like, well, I better just become a carpenter, you know, an ESTP, or I'll just start my own business and, you know, get out of here instead of learning a bunch of, a bunch of stuff I don't care about. Anyway, that's how the, most education systems are set up, right? It doesn't actually... If it specializes, if, so basically if you choose certain subjects, it te teaches you all these things that are not relevant to doing a task at hand. So not only it, it tries to generalize, but it doesn't generalize in a good way, right? Um, it, so it it's, does specialize to a certain degree, but it teaches you things that are irrelevant to the skill you're trying to learn. So for example, you're trying to learn a language, let's say it's French, then they'll teach you about literature and they'll teach you about, uh, you have to memorize a thousand words or you have to learn grammar rules, etc., etc. But it doesn't actually make you any better at the language. That's the theory. They're like, oh, if you know a thousand words and if you know the grammar rules, you should in theory be able to make coherent sentences and be able to have a conversation with somebody but it mitigates or it focuses on the wrong thing because what is the thing you're trying to learn in a french class you're trying to learn how to speak and under, well, understand french so you're trying to speak it you're trying to read it you're trying to write in it potentially and if that is out of the equation then what's the point of the whole class does that make sense so what you really should be focusing on and this this was so mind-boggling to me when I was in school is that they would focus on well you know grammar rules those things and what and the hardest parts or the final examinations were also always things that related to those three subjects so they're like okay this is the final part of the examination and the weird part was that was the easiest part for me so the hardest technically the hardest part of the whole class was the easiest part I'm like oh I just have to talk in French now, really, for, and then I just get graded on that. I don't have to have perfect punctuation and perfect, what is it? I don't know, I don't have to know, memorize grammar rules and the different conjugations of words. Like, I don't have to memorize that, great. If, if the other person understands roughly what I'm trying to communicate, then my, I'm successful at this class, right? And I'm like, why are we not focusing then on purely on those things and you can look at that from a general perspective as well it's like okay what, what are you trying to learn in school if you're just any subjects you're trying to pass your exam that's really what we're trying what we um we get it funny joke what you are trying to do you're trying to pass the exam all these all these what is it midterm tests before that are trying to prepare you and they assume that you memorize all this knowledge that you basically collected over all these years or this time and then it basically stacks on top of each other that's their theory but it doesn't make any sense because it should be actually it's in a way it should work in theory right because they're thinking oh if you just add another thing and add another thing and add another thing then in over time you will accumulate a 
general body of knowledge and then we can test you on everything i'm like why don't you start with again with the end in mind right you take what you have to know an exam you, t you let somebody take the exam they they make everything then you see what they're good at or what they're bad at and then you only specifically focus on what they're good or bad at because there's so much time is wasted on learning things you already know or things are skimmed over that you actually need more focus on. So, right, like the end goal is really to pass your exam. So why are we not practicing exams all the time? It's like, oh, well, that's not the point. We're trying to teach them how to be better. It's like, no, because the exam, you, you made the exam, the final, what is it, achievements or the final test you have to pass in order to prove that you're actually competent at this skill or at this subject. So the exam is important. So, it's you know, it's, it's very contradictory. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, Stop talking about school and how it's inferior and all that. But it, it's supposed to, I'm supposed to, or I'm supposed to, I'm trying to paint the picture, right? That this is how most people are learning and how, how they're educating themselves. Because education, believe it or not, it's actually very fun and actually very valuable. It's like one of the best things you can do for yourself, just educating yourself on a myriad of topics. So next point, what to actually try, and, and if you go in the workforce, what they'll teach you is like, okay, well, then you're going to, at that point, you're going to specialize, right? Okay, so you know these general skills, you finish high school, now you're going to go to college, you're going to get your, you know, you're going to get an MBA, you're going to get a whatever, you're, and you're going to specialize in that. And if you try really, really hard in all the subjects and, you're, and you keep specializing, you keep specializing, you will make more money. You know, say you're a doctor, it's like, okay, you're going to do medicine, you're a general practitioner, then you're going to go into neurology, whatever, you know, what have you. And then, then say, okay, well, if you keep doing that, and if you become a really, really good neurosurgeon or something like that, then you'll make you make a lot of money. But that that is with the assumption, and this is kind of a false assumption. In fear, again, in theory, it should work, but it's, it, it's really false in that it goes with the principle they, they or they try to go with the theory that, oh, if you keep specializing and if you just get better at a certain thing in a certain niche, which is partially true, true, you'll make more money, you'll be more successful, etc. But the thing they overlook is that, yes, that might be true, but there are a thousand people that can be way better than you are, and you have to try so hard. You, you, you have to basically beat, you have to be the 0.00001% in that certain subject to actually excel. And if you don't, well, it's basically, right, it's, it's, uh, it's there's only first place, and after that, there's losers, basically. That's how it, basically, that's how it is in the world most of the time, right? So it's way better, especially if, if it's business-related, to be a unique, have a unique position, and that there's no comparable price. If you become a commodity, right, in your, in your job market, whatever it is, if you can be replaced like it's nothing, then you're not valuable, right? If you are a unique person, you're the only person in the whole world that can solve this problem, you'll become very valuable, right? And so it's, it's kind of a false assumption. Um, two seconds, going to take a sip. So, and also one extra downside of that is if you are not on top of your game 24 seven and maybe you age or whatever the hell, you automatically, you know, the only place you can go down, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're what is on top of the hill, the only way is down, right? Um, and having that in mind is extremely stressful and you don't feel actually at peace. You can't actually, you're, you're not unique and you're replaceable. So it's, it's a very stressful and, and inefficient way to go about it, right? Introducing generalization. And I don't mean generalization as in you just dabble in a couple things. No, it's generalization in that you go deep and you go wide. So that maybe sounds weird because how, how can you go deep and you can, how can you do both? But basically what you're trying to do is that you go into a skill, 
you, for example, you say, okay, I want to become a copywriter. I want to become, or just a writer in general. I want to become a marketer. You know, I want to be, become a salesman. I'm just saying things. Then you can say, okay, there's a lot, a lot of components to this niche. You know, maybe you want to say, I want to become good at business. There's a lot of different aspects to business, right? Just, or I want to become a YouTuber. It's like, there's a lot of aspects to becoming a YouTuber. So what you do is you look up, you know, the most general guide, or you look at the best sources in the industry. Don't spend too long on it, on it by the way. You just read the basic principles. And when you feel like you're about 80% through it, so at first you're going to learn a lot, right? The whole, what is it? Uh, what is it called? I don't know what the, what the graph is called, but basically you think you're very smart in the, in the beginning and then it really tapers off. And then later on, it's, it's basically like big spike, big dip, and then it slowly over time, almost linearly increases and then you become an expert, right? So that's what you're aiming for. But if you look at that graph, and I don't have it on screen right now, but it doesn't matter, it uh, returns start to diminish over time. So at first, you're going to learn a lot. And then you're going to have a big dip like, okay, I'm not actually, I'm not actually hot shit. And then you kind of, you know, you get, get a little humbled there. And then over time, you're, you're going to become more and more proficient but it's almost like half halfway through that graph you kind of have to stop and you have to find a new thing because to from to get basically well if you know what diminishing returns is like the, the first 30 percent you're gonna have that in the first book you read and then the next 20 you're gonna read that in the next two books etc and then you get at a certain point you get to 80 percent and then it takes so much effort to go to 90 percent and even more effort to go to 100 right and well <laughs> to get to 95 and then you know it's just exponentially decreases but the, but the effort does increase and you don't want to have that because then you're going to spend hours and hours learning every single detail about marketing, for example, while you should be focusing on improving your negotiation skills or you should be improving your psychology skills. I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing something out there. And that's kind of where this book, this book, book comes, comes in, uh, how to be better at almost anything or everything. Yeah. Where you say, okay, I'm going to find all the 80% things in whatever I'm trying to learn. And then I'm going to move on to very specific parts of that right yeah uh, side note by the way that is not to say that what i said earlier about you shouldn't focus on becoming the best person in one thing if you can do it and if you're really committed to doing it i mean great more power to you if you can actually do that say you want to become the fastest runner in the world and you actually accomplish it you know we need people like that exist you know but to me it's more like in a general sense is that sustainable? You know, can you, can you outrun Usain Bolt every single year? It's very stressful, right? And you could say, well, that means you perform better. But on the other side, if you just want, you know, say you want just, for example, with business, you just want to have a passive income stream. You just want to be, be all casual. You don't want to try every single day the hardest you could possibly be. You want a basically a... Um, a minimum to live by almost and to do that like what are you going to do are you going to swim against the current or are you going to basically use your strengths right that's what i'm trying to point out here so let me see so in a book i read tribe of mentors by tim ferris i noticed there was a certain pattern with well tribe of mentors is basically a book about all these successful people where they kind of give live advice or ask certain questions or they answer certain questions that tim ferris asked them right to offer and one pattern I noticed with a lot of these successful people is that they sometimes go into a study or a profession and it doesn't really feel right to them. But over time, they kind of use that skill or incorporate that skill or quote, quote unquote, learn from that failure to actually redirect them back to the thing they really want to do. So it, it's not really if if you're semi-rational and you, you know, you, you just don't do it against your will, which is kind of hard in this day and age, but depends where you live, of course. But if you at least do something you semi-enjoy or can do, then 
I, I, want, I, want, I don't want to sound too delusionally optimistic, but it will fall in place, right? So let me give you an example. Well, here are historical examples like Mark Twain. Mark Twain, he and he's kind of, the, kind of the epitome of a generalist, right? So he studied history and philosophy, but he became a comedic writer. But he incorporated those studies into his writing. And beyond that, he also had several other skills, right? And you wouldn't think that those skills would overlap, but they did. And let me see. And personally, I've had this as well, right? Where I, for example, I tried voice acting, right? I tried to do voiceovers for memes or stuff like that, right? And that didn't really take off. And that's fine because later I incorporated those speaking abilities or just those speaking skills and articulated myself better. And also I became a better narrator overall. And now in my newsletter, I'm actually narrating the blog or the article, which in turn, I, I, I learned all these things about, you know, audio engineering and about just your voice, how, how you should articulate yourself and about, I basically got used to the voice recording process more and keeping that in mind, it basically didn't feel like a failure in the long term, right? So back to the whole generalization thing, what you want to do with generalization is you want to basically do this thing called skill stacking, where you say, okay, I combine several unique skills and I become really good at several of them, good or great at several of them. And then I have a very unique, well, in business terms, it's like basically a unique selling pr proposition, right? You, There's nobody else that can do the thing that you do. So for example, you know, marketing, you know, skills, you know, personality, right? Personality types, you know how to type people and you know coding and you know how to write really quickly or, or type really quickly and all those things combined. And then you can ask yourself, okay, how many people in the world know this skill to the degree that I do or the degree that this person does? Right, not a lot of people know that, so therefore you become more valuable, you become a scarce resource, and therefore people will especially reach out to you because you're the only person in the world that has that, right? And then you can actually you know, make more money because of that, and because you just became a more valuable commodity. And of course, you don't, <laughs> don't look at yourself purely as a commodity, of course, that's like a insert capital, capitalism critiques. But yeah, that's the thing you wanna keep in mind. And let me see, uh, don't aim for perfection due to diminishing returns. Challenge but successful, in other words, work on things that actually matter, but are difficult now and don't. Yeah, so basically, another thing what you wanna do, you wanna isolate the things you're bad at, right? So this is a thing that school doesn't really do. Okay, they just say, okay, you're gonna go for the curriculum, and if you suck at anything, just, just keep working at it. But if you are efficient with learning, what you do is you focus on your main weakness, and you keep, you keep working at that until it's, Half, half decent or okay or good, right? So basically you try to improve what is weak and whatever is good already, you don't have to practice anymore because oftentimes is a thing the author talks about of the book, by the way, where oftentimes people are scared to stop doing the thing they're good at. And this, this really resonated with me where they think, oh, if I focus on marketing now, then my quality of my videos will decrease or I will not have ideas for my newsletter, etc. cetera. Uh, not that I actually have those fears, but those are just examples. And what he says is like, it's fine to just drop them a little bit. And this is also a thing that, you know, with ITJs, they say like, oh, well, if an ITJ doesn't practice a certain skill, he will lose it forever. It's like, that's, that's a bunch of bullshit, okay? Uh, <laughs> you will be worse at it, for sure. Like, of course, you're not gonna be as good at, like, if you're almost at a, you know, experience multiplier while you're working on it, 
Of course, you're going to be better at it if you keep doing it, but the returns diminish. So it's better to just keep keep it at like 70% temporarily and really give something else 80% and you learn that skill and then it slowly, you know, decreases. And that is way more efficient and gives you way more value as a person than to just say, okay, I'm just going to learn how to write really well. And because you could say, well, INTJs, you know, kind of personal, right? INTJs, they really value, they get a lot of value from that and they are talented and they can learn really quickly with SC Inferior. But yeah, really though, it's a diminishing returns model or uh, way of going about things. So no, I don't recommend that if you're an IGJ listening to this, I don't recommend you to keep working at something when you have these extreme diminishing returns. Yes, you could potentially become the best in the world, you know, become like Arnold or become the best bodybuilder, whatever. But it's it's you make yourself so much easier. And I know you, IGJs like love shortcuts because I do. It's way easier and way smarter to just do a lot of things that you can put your 80% in because you learn them really quickly because of SE Inferior and then move on to the next thing and don't be afraid that, oh, I'm going to lose it. And I'm, you know, if you just keep it in your general system, aka with me, if, if I don't say, okay, I will become the best writer ever. It's just like, no, every week I'm going to write something and I'll focus on it for a couple of weeks and I'll become really good at it, become like that, hit that 80%. And then I'm going to do other things. Then I'm going to learn about affiliative marketing. Then I'm going to learn about, I don't know, then I'm going to try poems. Then I'm going to write short stories. You know, it's, it's, you can still ex expand within that niche, but just to say, okay, I'm just going to learn how to write the best poems ever, for example, um, you're going to trap yourself creatively and your motivation is going to decrease, right? Because the only thing you're seeing is diminishing returns. And re really, it's also a lot more fun, at least personally, I find. It's also a lot more fun to just, you know, have that initial spike of knowledge where, where you find a new system. Like I had it with the fourth four turning, right? It was like, oh my God, this new system that I can delve into and find all these sources about and like everything is new and everything is cool. So, because then the effort... Right, it feels effortless to get started about with that subject, and you don't, you know, you don't feel like, oh god, I have to memorize all the dates and think about all the, you know, etc. You, you, the mentioning returns basically ruin all the fun. So yeah, you have to basically find your next thing that you can do, and then become better at it. Right, so IE says, isolate your weakness, and yeah, because a lot of times people will keep trying to do the thing that they're either one isn't as important. Two, it has diminishing returns, so they're already hitting 80%. Or three, they're not really good at it or like to do it in the first place, right? It could be delegated or it could be outsourced, but they're not doing that. They're like, no, I have to get best. I have this sometimes as well, in all honesty, where I feel like, oh, I have to be the best at creating this or making that. But really, I don't have to. I can just move on to a different, different skill, and that will probably give me more ROI in the long term over if I just perfect this single thing. He says at the end of a chapter, he says, the point of reputation is not to be perfect, but to practice specifically whatever it is you have to get better at. So... That's also, you know, keeping in mind progressive overload. So yeah, you have to practice, of course, and you have to, but you have to progressively make it harder for yourself and not do this thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to do the same exercise and I'm just going to keep going till the point of failure. Because, okay, technically in that exercise, you can apply that, but it's, for example, if you, you can, your goal is to be healthier and then you say, okay, I'm going to run and I'm going to just run faster I'm going, or I'm going to run the same mile and yeah you're gonna lose weight but then if your goal is to be healthier and also stronger for example you could say yeah you're getting healthier but if i told you to do a pull-over right now it, it would running more help that or is it smarter if you just start doing pull-ups now then you increase your strength and 
then you can actually learn to be stronger instead of, oh, okay, I'm going to run more and hopefully my leg muscles will <laughs> somehow help me become stronger. But again, you can zoom out from that and say, okay, if I learn how to, have basically, to basically have endurance from running, but also if I learn to do more pull-ups, push-ups, whatever, I become stronger and faster, and overall I become more happy. So when you zoom out, you do become, you do accomplish your goal because your ultimate goal is to become healthier and stronger, right? So instead of being like, okay, I'm just going to become the fast runner, fastest runner in the world. Okay, sure, if that's your goal, if you really want to become the fastest runner ever, then you're going to focus on running. But then you're not going to focus merely on running. Then you're going to focus on, okay, what kind of, I don't know, what kind of environment is better? What kind of music is better? I think you understand what I'm trying to say here, right? You're, you're, you need to look at all the special weaknesses you have in a certain thing you're trying to learn, right? Or become good at. If you're just going to say, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep improving the thing that I'm already good at. It's, again, it's diminishing returns. You're wasting energy. You're wasting time. So that's kind of the general principles out of the way. Then, well, sort of, but next thing is the idea of meta, the idea of meta skills. And this is something I unconsciously kind of sought out already, but it was, it was great reading this in a, in a you know, book by somebody else, because basically it, it worded it out for me better in a better way and wrote it out. It's the idea that you want to have skills that basically make all other skills easier or make them compound faster. In, for example, if you learn how to, that's just something I've, I'm learning right now, and I'll elaborate in a second. But for example, if you want to, if you learn to type faster, everything you do relating to writing or looking things up or researching things will become faster. So if you just simply, for example, what I'm doing, I'm learning, I'm, I think I practice about 50 minutes to 30 minutes a day, just, you know, typing faster. And I'll make an article about this in the future. But I went, current progress is I went from, 50 words a minute, I think, to 75, something like that. And if you think about it, if I keep increasing that, and, and my, my goal is to get to 150, I'm like, if I accomplish that, I will literally have three times as much output with all my work, right? And anything relating to writing will go three times as quickly. If I want to write an article, I'm done. I'm finished three times as quickly. If I want to research something, roughly speaking, I'm three times as quick. And just keeping that in mind, because... It's not really a problem of skill at that point or ability as you as a human. It's rather, okay, do you have enough time for everything? Because everybody's busy, right? So with meta skills, you kind of make everything easier, make the whole process easier if you can. And he uses a, he gives a couple examples. He says, okay, you have to be disciplined. You have to learn how to focus. You have to learn how to be logical. You know, watch out INFPs and uh, ENFPs. <laughs> but, or even what is it, EPs or whatever, it doesn't matter. But basically, um, if you learn these skills, if you learn how to write, if you learn how to read, like I, I took, uh, typing, reading, and what's the other one? Reading, writing, maybe listening. One of those two, right? Because I already listen to things at three times speed. If I can also read things way quicker, if I can speed, because I can, technically I can naturally speed read, but if you learn that as well, all the information, you basically get five five times the amount of information, you know, whatever, it's just a random number I throw out. You, you get X amount of times the information that you usually get. And then also, if you can write faster, or if you can write faster, you automatically also write better because you have more quantity and if you have more quantity your quality and your skill also improves you can process that information better so if i if i can read like two books a day and i can write it out in like 30 minutes instead of three hours right it, it's my overall throughput will be better and if you also learn how to speak properly and if you basically learn how to articulate your thoughts you diminish your waste of time right and, and these meta skills 
improve all other skills you will do. That's kind of the central idea, right? So that's the first thing you'll learn, so meta skills. And the second thing you need to learn, well, are the things, of course, you want to learn. So now you have a, a almost an experience multiplier, right, with everything you do. And now you're going to actually find, especially the things that you find interesting. So maybe you're interested in, you know, app development. Maybe you're interested in watchmaking. I don't know. Could be anything. But then you're going to find the most specialized information about that, and you're going to hit 80% in all the in all the departments that are important, right? The thing that you're struggling with, or the thing that you is just just barely beyond your reach, but you can learn it pretty quick or quickly in in a relatively quick time span, right? Relative to what the, what you're learning. And then third step is you need to learn things or skills that you don't really want to learn but are essential, right? So, for example, you could be a great guitar player, and uh, I'll this example, you could be a great guitar player and you could be f focusing on how to, you know, sweet pick and do all these crazy licks and how to chicken pick and blah, 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 all these, all these different techniques, but really... Most people don't care about that. There, there are, there's a very small minority that will enjoy that, and but the author makes a note that the only people that will really appreciate it are fellow creators, so people at your level. So for, same with a business, right? Like a, a, a consumer is not going to care about the skills a business owner has. They just care about the, the thing that they're buying that's going to end up, you know, as quickly, they're going to get their desired result as quickly as they can. They don't really care if you know about SEO and about marketing and about all these other things. They don't really care. And the same with, with music, right? You can, be, you can sweep pick and all these things, but really most people only care about a couple of chords and if you can sing and if you can make make people feel good right that's if you can do that that's way more important than all these specialized skills and well he makes a big point about this and yeah same thing with you have to learn or there was a friend he had who he was a guitarist and he, he was also a guitarist but he was he wasn't necessarily more skilled than he was but he got like record deals and he was making a lot of money because of it because he besides his just basic guitar skills and his singing skills which he didn't focus on he didn't focus for example on his singing um, or songwriting, he focused also on marketing and he focused also on getting the right connections and becoming more social. And that is actually what made, is what made him successful as an artist, not actual technical ability. So yeah, you can apply that to several other things. Here's some examples of things you have to learn to be successful, but you may or may not be interested in them, right? So marketing, sales, negotiation, um, persuasion, I would say psychology to some degree because they kind of relate and well just generally how you should interact with people right because it doesn't matter what you're doing you're always interacting with people if, you, if you're especially if you're trying to make money with it you have to like ultimately somebody has to voluntarily choose to listen to you or give you money right you can't you well, of course you can force them but <laughs> that won't really last very long so have to have to learn those skills and well, basically, I'm trying to learn those. I, I should I encourage everybody to do that. Um, what about some other skills? Maybe also dieting, right? Eating healthily, because that's kind of another meta skill. If you, well, maybe not a meta skill, but if you eat healthy, you can think better. If you can think better, you can write better. If you can write better, etc. right? So, and I think of a little thing that I have, because this kind of still relates to the question, how would I do this for myself? Or how do I teach myself? And how do I, for my future children, add... <laughs> I think I'm going to specify it per type. So I'm going in the next topic, I'm going to talk about how we'll apply this to <laughs> in a grander sense, right? For my legacy. So I will first off, kind of like I just said, I will specify the curriculum per type for my, if say it's my children, I will specifically make a curriculum for them. So they will learn the basics. They'll learn how to write. They'll learn how to, you know, how to read properly, not in the, oh, you have to memorize the book. No, just like speed reading, basically, where you get the general idea of a book and then you can just go to the next thing. And 
say it's an INTP, I will be like, hey, INTPs are, are highly logical, so therefore I will give you courses or I will give you books, whatever it is, about coding. And you're going to just be making applications. So when they're like a couple years old, like five years old, I'm just going to be like, okay, here's a computer, go go, go make something, you know, go go experiment. Oh, it doesn't work? Well, you're a little kid, you don't care, right? Who's gonna, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you made a, made a mistake in your code, the code tells you if you do something wrong, right? So, <laughs> but... And if they, if they don't like it, sure, I'll find something else that relates to their type. So maybe an INTP doesn't like coding. Maybe they actually are more shadow folks and want to create some type of business. Then I will literally give them all the information there is about business and they can work on that. Or maybe they're a female INTP, right? And they want to learn about nursing or about how to care for people better with our ECFJ. Or maybe they're an INFP and I'm like, hey, I know that INFPs, generally speaking, are amazing at writing. So let me give you all these poems, let me give you these INFP writers that you can imitate and model yourself after, and then you can become a writer. And then you can also learn on top of that, you can learn marketing, you can learn sales, because and then you can, well, by the time you're 15 or maybe 18, you're already a master writer because you've been doing this for 10 years, right? Since you were a little kid, so you've been always been doing this. And now you also have to add a skill because maybe that took, takes another couple of years. Now you all, you're also pretty good at like 80%, right? You're 80% good at sales and marketing and all these other things. Now you can make a living. You're, you're like 18, maybe 20, maybe younger. You can make a full-time living or a pretty good living because you're a master at writing and at marketing and all these other things with the thing you love to do. And well, nobody can really beat you in the thing that you love to do, right? If you specialize in very specific things, but they culminate and you don't go too far in them. So it's not like, okay, I will only focus on poems and, be and become like the 99th percentile of or writing a poem, right? It's like, okay, I'm 80% or maybe 85% good at poem poetry, but I'm also good at these other skills. And I'm also kind of interested by the occult, and I'm also kind of interested in fashion, what if I combine that somehow where I write poems or blogs about occult fashion styles? Like, that's very unique, right? Not a lot of people are doing that. And if you can do it pretty well, well, there's maybe two other people in the whole world, and or maybe you're the only person that does that. And again, you'll become very valuable. And as, you know, a nice cherry on top, you will enjoy doing it. You will love doing that thing. And there's you're not fighting against the current. And anytime you fail at it, you're like, well, this is part of the job. And I'm going to now isolate that problem and move on. So I, in theory, I think it's a very effective system. Of course, I'm, I may be overlooking things and I'm maybe a little too, uh, you know, INTJ, uh, optimistic system, systemization, and uh, what is it, pragmatism. But really though, I think that is one of the smartest ways to go about it. And because then also there's an added benefit to that where they don't get indoctrinated to learn a certain way. They don't get indo indoctrinated to, or you don't get indoctrinated to learn irrelevant details. And you know, it's all, all kind of the things I mentioned earlier about school, right? They, they don't actually teach you to become valuable or useful. Like you become, you actually do the thing you love, you become useful and valuable. So now you can sustain yourself and the, the, whole, the whole process or the learning process become, becomes fun and, and just rewarding, right? And they don't really have that. And that's why I think most people stop educating themselves because their experience is so traumatic from maybe from other people telling them or well just experience in general right? like i like if you have to read a book or something for schools like so many people get turned off from books in general because they just had to learn useless information or they had to memorize and cram for an exam but it, they didn't actually try to apply the, the philosophies in their life say it's like you know crime and punishment which is a book you probably don't unless you're russian you don't get to read that book and there are certain psychological and philosophical lessons in that but if you get graded on it it's like no you just have to memorize what the said on page 73 and 
then you're like, okay, but how does that? And again, you get what I mean, right? You, you really dislike the whole learning process. And with this in place, at least in theory, I. I hope, um, because it works for me, I like it. You'll actually like doing this and you'll actually become a useful person. And also you don't have this layers and layers self-limiting beliefs, right? Because I, I see that often as well, especially in the newer generations where, and I think it's also because there's such a disconnect with parents and and children or just, you know, your peers. They're like, oh, oh, you want to make a, you know, a, what is it? hundred thousand dollar business or a million dollar business online get out of here like that's not gonna work like well you know keep keep working in uh, retail keep working in blah 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 keep making minimum wage keep keep you know don't don't read books all right maybe if you recommend them like hey maybe you should read this maybe your salary will increase it's like ah nah i'm good man like a book takes so much effort blah 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 and in that sense you shouldn't listen to people that are less successful to you and i'll elaborate on this in next episode but in that environment you don't have that right it's like i won't say failure gets encouraged because that's stupid it's like saying oh you should do badly it's like no um, it's more that you don't even register it as failure. You're just like, this is just a prerequisite to actually getting what I want. So I think it's a way more efficient system. Let's put it that way. Let's move on. So yeah, what I did very recently, or I should say even say today, is that I just looked up a bunch of courses and a bunch of books. And I, I currently, I don't know how much I have, but I think I have thousands of books and a couple hundred courses. And in their culminated value, I don't know, they're probably in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I am not saying where I got these from or how I got them. I 100% allegedly, I allegedly downloaded them a certain way. Let's put it that way. And I am so thankful for that. I think so many people take that for granted this day and age, right? Because there's, if you just know where to look, like everything you want is out there. You just know, you just have to know where to look. And if you do know it, there's literally endless value that you can find. And you forever own that. I, I don't know. To me, that's the, the, one of the coolest things. It's like you learn a skill or you learn a piece of information. Nobody has, or maybe a couple other people have, but the more you add, the more unique and valuable you become. Like it's, it's literal, literal, like, I mean, RPGs are based upon this, right? It's literal just cheat codes in real life. And applying that will give you so much benefit and so much happiness. And you only just have to look, right? I don't know. I, I think that that's just so cool. Um, let me see. So yeah. The reason I do that is not only for myself, because really the reason why I do all this and I educate and I learn all these skills and I try to become, you know, millionaire, billionaire, whatever you <laughs> whatever you want to call it. The real reason I do that is for my future children. And I know that's also wholesome croissant like cares about his children, but really to me. What else is there really to do? Like, like you know, I can have a family, I can have some hot women, etc. But at the end of the day, the, the thing that will make me most happy is educating or making my children the most happy and successful people they could ever be. You know, a hundred times better than I was at my at whatever age they are, right? That's really my goal. And <laughs> I kind of realized this over time. This channel, almost my focus is shifting towards that, where I just want to give something of a legacy to my children to look after or to look after to look back on right because they can basically track the next 10 years of my life in extreme detail and also added to that all these these books i have and these courses i have and these people that uh, people that are the mentors that i have and all these people that i know that they can leverage and they can become so such successful people and you know there's a reason why i want somebody children because i want that to happen as much as you can like why wouldn't you want a child to accomplish their dreams to the fullest degree and 
they don't have traumas, they don't have, you know, all these terrible baggage, and they're, they're not told that they can't be what they want to be. Like, to me, there, there's nothing that can make you happier than that, right? And also a thing I realized, because I, I said, for example, the croissant lore videos, I say, uh, you know, sit down my little buns or my little croissants, and I kind of realized, it's almost like I'm talking to my children, like, hey, my little croissants, get it? <laughs> Here, here's this thing that I made for you. Here's a thing you can learn from, right? Anyway, enough about that and uh, my own personal goals in that regard. Maybe, I don't know, maybe to relate it to you, back to you, is that I think you should just have a really good purpose or a really good reason why you're doing all of it, right? If it's all just self-serving maybe maybe that's enough for you right but for me like if it's just self-serving like oh i just want to make more money and i want to become successful and famous and blah 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 like it, it's it's shallow right at the end of your life what are you really going to care about to me because i'm already thinking about you know when i'm on my deathbed when i'm 80 how, how is how am i going to look back on my life and i try i just well i know memento mori right that's that's a thing that gets repeated so much but i even when i was very young i, re, I when i first realized about death I, I can't get it out of my head and i'm not the well i was depressed for a little while but i wasn't depressed because of that i was more sad about the people around me so realizing that i'm like other people are more important so what about i just make the experience of other people around me that are probably not going to die before i do as good as could possibly be so when i go they still have a bright future so maybe that's the reason behind it but to roll back to you again i think you should just have a very clear reason and you should look in the long term what you're actually trying to get out of it right if, if it's just shallow reasons oh, i'm just want to make more money why Oh, because then I can go on vacation and relax. Well, you can relax right now. You don't, you don't necessarily need money for that. You can meditate. You know, you can relax for a couple of hours. Oh, I just don't want to work anymore. Really? Is that really what you want? So yeah, I'm, I'm looking across all of the internet for the, the highest quality information you could possibly get. And <laughs> I imagine myself having this like almost an old carriage with with just stacks and stacks of, of you know, terabyte big hard drives or maybe the future petabyte hard drives where it just it's, it's just full with courses and literally you have a library like i just imagine this little little shack almost you know in the middle of the woods and there's just this giant server cabinet with all this <laughs> all this information and, and it, you know if one of my children says hey dad i want to learn about uh you know i want to learn about coding it's like okay here is five terabytes of, of coding courses and, and material. And if you need spe specified help, we have a, you know, in our little village, our little community, this guy's an expert at coding and all that. He can help you and mentor you to become better. Like, I don't know how that, to me, that sounds absolutely wonderful, right? And, and that it's all local, basically. You don't have to be connected to the internet or anything. You, you just have localized VMs and uh, what is it? Simula simulations. And you can just practice it within the community and you don't have to actually go out and yeah if you don't, if you don't have enough information quote unquote or it's out of date you just go into town maybe every once every couple months or years and you just update your drives you just come with another two drives or three drives and you're like hey got some new information but basically at least people can relate to this that want children is i don't want my children to be as connected to the internet as you know at least the millennial or the zoomer generation is because i think it's well, you can, you can see the mental health effects, right? It's like people are so unhappy because of just social media and internet addiction. And I think if it's local, basically you're not connected, you're not plugged into an algorithm. It's just all the good sides about the internet or technology. That's If that's the only thing that remains, I think that can be such an amazing benefit or amazing tool to use, right? And well, in that sense, I really love the internet in that sense where you can just get the most condensed, specialized information around the globe because you're literally connected to everybody almost, you know, anyone that can 
anybody that has internet connection can give you some something of value, or you can give something of value to them. You're all interconnected, right? And I don't like globalists and all that, but that's why I like if it's okay. You have the information, so you connect it. It's almost like you had a conversation with this person. You store the information, and now you can still privately think about it, or privately you can store it and keep it, right? I think that's that's the good side of the internet, where it's when there's property, when there's freedom, when there's you know, no, it's it's no corporatized bullshit, and I find the internet is more and more moving towards that, and that is like the negative side, right? Where you know parasocial relationships and social media addiction and being plugged into an algorithm so they can squeeze as much attention out of you as you can. I think that's the negative side of the internet, and people are trying to get away from it, and then they're like, oh, I'm gonna watch 50 videos about how to not procrastinate or how to sleep better while it's already 3 a.m. and I've already procrastinated on this task for five hours, right? So anyway, that's enough about the internet. In summary, I think a lot of people just take that for granted, and I think people should capitalize on that way more. And the real problem you get if you really embrace that, and it's kind of the problem that I have, is that you'll have so much information and you'll have so much things you're interested in, because I'm, you know, that's kind of my point, that just the whole context for the point about me being exceedingly curious is I have such a curiosity about so many things, and I want to go deeply in so many things, that the real question is, or the real problem becomes, do I have enough time for all of it, or do I have enough time to learn all of this? And, you know, I probably will. And another optimistic upside of that is I have at least I have something to do because I find I see so many people that have they're bored to death right they have nothing to do and I'm like how are you bored to death the world is so interesting you know people are amazing like the, the, everything around you is amazing I know, I know it sounds maybe delusionally optimistic I don't care you know I absolutely love the world and I absolutely love everything in it and it's so weird for me when people just say oh, I've, I've, uh, I'm bored like I, I'm, I have nothing to do it's like yes you do you're just not looking for it or you just don't care enough to do it right Right. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. But I know in the long term, you know, because I say, could say like, oh, I, I don't have enough time. Well, kind of what I have enough. Time. I'm working on things, and I have to basically be patient, in a sense that learning things will just take a certain amount of time. But the fruits of my labor or the benefits I'll get from that while I'm working on them will be satisfactory enough, and it's something I keep forgetting, will be satisfactory enough to make the whole thing worth it, right? So I'm not thinking, oh, I have to learn these things for five years, and only then I can get some sense of enjoyment. It's like, no, because now you can persuade people better. Now you can, you know, typology type people better, or uh, personality type people better, or maybe you can write faster or better, and that, you know, reaches people, uh, etc. It's, it's not like it's just, oh, you, you understand this now, you understand 10 subjects now, so therefore, now you're actually valuable. It's like, no, you keep increasing your value, and that's, I don't know, I think that's a great thing, and I think, I'm, you know, you listening to this, I think you should do the same, right? Just try to improve your, or increase your value in any way possible, and even in the, in the smallest capacity, you will see change in your life, right? I mean, it's kind of what Jordan Peterson says, like, oh, you know, if you just clean your room, then your whole life will start to change in ways you can imagine. Although it's maybe a bit cheesy to say it like that, but it is true. If you just do little things, they compound, right? The up upward spiral. And yeah, so if you learn how to write and learn how to market, it's not like, okay, now that you learn how to market, you learn how to write, and you just stop there. Or if you don't do sales plus persuasion plus that, now you now you can't, make any money with that. It's like, no, you can still, with those skills that you just learned, you can have your income level, for example, has been capped to that level. So say that you learn, you're really good at sales now and really good at marketing, your value has increased permanently now. So you can stop here and just make that, or you can add persuasion to that, you can add psychology to that, you can add 
you know, charisma, etc. You can add that all to your skill stack, and and it can only benefit you. And I think that's one of the coolest things. Maybe that's just because I'm an ITJ and I love learning skills and I love becoming a master. And I don't, but I don't think really for ITJs or if you're an ITJ listening, because I don't think you need to become a master in the sense of you just have to specify and go 100%. I have to understand this 100%. You can just go 80% on many things, and then you become a master in the the abstract picture of those skills, right? So you, you become a master at, I don't know, the business of watchmaking. I'm just saying something, right? And you do that by very specific skills. And you can go deeply in that and you can learn that really quickly as an as an INTJ, but I don't think you can that will drop away entirely. And for other types listening to this, yeah, it will maybe maybe if you're an SI user, it will take more individual failure. But still, you'll become overall in the general picture, you'll become a more capable and valuable person. Right. So and I think that an internal childlike enjoyment, or at least I get a very eternal childlike enjoyment when I do this, right? It kind of resurfaces from my childhood in a sense that and in the past I, I used to learn a lot of things and maybe you can relate with that, where I used to read a lot and I would be ahead of my peers and I, and it would almost be on one hand it was kind of alienating, but on the other hand, because you know, I was talking about Greek gods, for example, when I was seven. And but on the other hand, it was it was a great feeling to be like, I'm more knowledgeable about the world around me. I, I know what, you know, for example, I know the history of dinosaurs. I don't know. I like dinosaurs back in the day. And now that I know that, I could talk about it. And other people don't. And now they're fascinated with me talking about it. Because you can sometimes forget that you know way more than the you know your peers and to the degree that it's almost alienating right because they're like oh you're going deeply into the history of dinosaurs but i don't even know what a dinosaur is right so but it's, it's an interesting feeling to have and it's it's just i think it resurfaces for me right or has resurfaced where it's so fun and i think you i think in some sense you keep repeating yourself right you you come back to your core self you even despite circumstance because I, I i for a while i was like oh life is meaningless and i don't want to learn and everybody sucks but now i'm like i love life and i love to learn and i want to learn about so many different things now so i guess that sort of things never change (laughs) right that that curiosity still resurfaces so for you listening to this right now also that could potentially be things that you have been putting off or have repressed about your past you can have a second look you know to them to those subjects and be like well maybe it's time for me to revive that or just try it out again and maybe you'll discover that you'll find your childlike spirit back again and you'll find tremendous happiness doing that at least i do i i really do so hopefully that's a bit helpful helpful that's <laughs> anecdotal personal story yeah i have such an appreciation for the childlike spirit right that just appreciates life and is always optimistic and you know the sky's the limit they can it's infinite imagination and they only see great potential for the world around them and just having that embodied into a single person because it could still be you know that spirit can still be alive in in adults which is very rare i think usually subconscious focus people still have it right so they weren't crushed in their childhood maybe a little immature depends on the person right but people that still have that i think they're happier they're they're more curious they're more open they're kinder right like kindness is such a rarity these these days i find like a lot of people just like to be bitter and cynical and you know stomp on you it's dumb it's just like that in your dreams and curb them because it's safer and it's just great when you find a person because i found some people around me recently that kind of going into personal things that really encourage me in that regard and i think i encourage you to do the same thing just find people that are very optimistic and try to 
see the best in life, despite all the you know negative, the, the death and the famine and the wars that are, well, especially the wars that are going to happen. You look at that and you say, not that I don't acknowledge it, but they're just like, yeah, that's that's part of it, but I'm not going to let that defeat me. And that is such a rare and courageous trait in people. And I think only a small minority can keep that up over a extended period. Because I think almost everybody has it in childhood, um, unless some traumatic thing happens. But then, you know, you get indoctrinated through school and you basically get told what to do, how to think, and your potential as a person just, you know, it just gets almost nullified. And the very rare people that actually got encouraged to could do a lot of things in their life, those people actually became incredibly successful. Like the first example I could think of is Kanye West, right? He had a mother that basically told him, hey, uh, Kanye, you can do anything. But I, I think I had two other examples for that, but I think Kanye is enough for now is a, <laughs> is a prime example. It's just like people that never been told, oh, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't do that or you can't do that. Sure, there are, of course, there are always going to be people like that, but just having central positive or what is it? People that genuinely believe in you because, and I'm going to talk about this more in next episode, but there are certain people in your life that will say they care about you and will say that they want the best for you, but really they just want to hold you back. They want you to, to be safe because it kind of scares them. The degree of ambition you have, for example, I mean, I personally have this a lot, right? Or and try to move away from this more. And maybe you can relate with this. Like you just have people around you that don't actually, they will tell you that they care about you, but they really don't. And they wouldn't even understand if you were successful, right? You would you maybe explain like, oh, I've uh, started an online business and now I'm making, you know, thousands of dollars. I can basically sustain myself. If, if, if you were to explain that, they would probably not get that. They'll be like, oh, okay. So what do you do? Like you scam people or something for that? Like, you know, they'll, they'll just only be negative. So I'm going to elaborate more next up, next episode, but I guess the general point there is also for next episode, get toxic people out of your life and change your environment. So yeah. So to conclude a bit, yeah, universities, schools, they're a scam. Learn skills instead. Learn to generalize in a sense that you go deep and wide, which sounds contradictory, but you can, okay? You can you can go to the 80% into a subject and that will take some time. And over time, those things will compound and will give you a very unique, what is a unique selling proposition, or basically it will make you a very unique character. And because you're a unique character, and, and, and at the end of the day, because we're humans, we look for unique people. We look for unique leaders and unique skill sets. And in a way you become like ultra specialized, not because one skill, but several skills, right? So do that. I, I really encourage you to do that because well, it has changed my life in so many ways already. So, and try to find as many, as money, <laughs> as many courses, books, whatever. If you can get them for free, that's wonderful. If you can get them for, at a low price, if you can borrow them, whatever, just try to get anything you get your hands on. Um, I, you know, of course it's not, it's, of course it's preferred to not, you know, break the bank for your reinvestment in yourself. But there are ways, which I can't really talk about on YouTube because technically they're not, allegedly they're not, the things that I'm doing are not 100% legal so but they're out there let's put it that way right and yeah the other thing so basically you know children of the future for so much potential in that try to instill the childlike mentality in yourself where you ensure that you can be different in this and that you don't care about children or your legacy i really do try to if it's not even for your children you know for your partner or for your friends try to give them things that are valuable try to improve their lives i know it's not so general but Really, it's 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 the simple things that get overlooked a lot, like you know, like kindness. And when you almost like a child, unapologetically help people, and despite their flaws, can see the best in them. Because I really think children can do that the best. They can look at people in the most blank, non-judgmental way, if that makes sense. 
um, they don't have all these limitations on them. And yeah, uh, and as a general point, I, I, I guess I just really appreciate the childlike spirit, uh, whether it is that's actually in children or that is in adults still have adapted or uh, the best is when it, I, I think the best version of it is when old people have it. They have this somehow there's still this very optimistic and childlike spirit. My my grandma was like that, just incredibly, even in her, in her later life, she was so optimistic and she, she like everything was wonderful. It didn't matter where we went. She was like, she was just so appreciative. And every every place she went, she was still like, it was almost like she was still seven, right? And I think if you can maintain it, I think you'll live so much longer and happier, better life overall. And I think you should adopt that. And yeah, I think, I think a childlike spirit and beauty and all those things will save the world. And I'm trying to follow that example. And I hope you do as well. <laughs> Try to just be better as a person. This, is, this may be a little scatterbrained, but I mean, I'm just here to be real, right? And that's what you're here for probably if you made it this far. <laughs> so anyway, I want to finish it up there. I think you should just adopt the childlike spirit. I want to finish it up there. And I want to thank all the new supporters, all the new subscribers. Hello, this is the bi-weekly show, bi-weekly podcast, where I discuss all the cool little insights and things I'm learning in the world. And, you know, I, I guess it's also documentation for my children later on. And I want to say thank you for listening. And yeah, in my notes, it says potentially talk about future plans. But I, I think I already kind of talked about the things I'm going to do in the future, right? So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Croissant Hours. Um, you could sign up for the newsletter if you want to have more insights like this. They're a little more condensed, right? Because it's in a written format. And yeah, you could sign up for the newsletter. Really appreciate it if you do. And I'll leave a link for that in the description or in the comments. And I uh, would love to see you there. Anyway, that's all for me. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Fuck bitches, get money.